0: Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I am Jenna, lawyer by training, writer, and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Welcome. This is so exciting. My first podcast and thank you for listening. So I just want to give a little bit of background about me a couple minutes. Um, for those who don't know me, I grew up in Long Island, New York. I grew up in a reformed Jewish home. My pa- Neither of my parents really came from any Torah observance. And um, if you go back far enough, like my great great grandparents come from Eastern Europe and came to America before the war. So that's kind of paints the picture of my Jewish background, you know, the P- Passover Seder and Rosh Hashanah and Shul. Um, we didn't really do Shabbat. And what's unique about I think my story is that I, I did grow up in the five towns, which is a very big religious community. But I actually went to public school and I was in this little like secular Jewish bubble. So I saw people walking on Shabbat, but it wasn't really on my radar so much. And when I got to college, I applied to go on birthright because, you know, that's what all my friends do. And I didn't get on it. I And it was the year of the Bernie Madoff scandal. And there were rumors about like less funding, but whatever it was, my friends got on it and I didn't. And I had a friend at the time on campus who had gone on another trip run by a, an amazing organization called Mayor M-E-O-R. And... They were running a trip that summer as well. So I just went with them <laughs> very last minute. Um, I remember meeting with the rabbi on campus and he he asked me, you know, are you committed to marrying Jewish? And I said, no, well, you know, if I'm in love with somebody, I'm going to marry them regardless. And that that's where I was holding at the time. And, you know, we went back and forth and he's like, OK, great, you can come on the trip. And I was like, really? So thus began my Jewish journey. Um, that initial trip, I was 19 years old. I learned Torah really for the first time. I mean, I went to Hebrew school, but I wasn't so interested at the time. And, and the learning was presented very differently, obviously. And, um, I just fell in love with Torah learning. So here I am over 10 years later, married and living in Los Angeles. And, um, I still love Torah and I still want to share it. (laughs) So hopefully you will see why through this podcast and enjoy listening. And, um, obviously a lot happens in my Jewish journey. Um, and I actually wrote a whole book about it, which hasn't yet been published, but if you're interested, you can email me and I'll, I'll send you the PDF. It was the series Princess Without a Crown in Ami Living Magazine, for anyone who may be familiar with that. Ami is a Jewish magazine. Okay, so first, I actually want to talk about Lashon Hara. Hara is gossip, basically, and, you know, growing up, my friends and I, you know, we would always talk bad about people, or, you know, there was always drama going on, and... um. You know, I knew it was wrong. We knew it was wrong, but people did it all the time. And it wasn't until I started learning more that I, I learned that Lush and Hara literally means evil speech. And it's really bad because God endowed us with the power of speech to be like him. And our speech is so powerful and it can literally like destroy people and destroy their lives or like create worlds. And um, we have to use this this gift of speech very carefully. So it's something that's close to my heart. As somebody who's a writer and a speaker, and I I would really like to raise awareness in this area. Also, I think it's really timely to be speaking about it now because we're in a time of quarantine. And actually in the Torah, my rabbi here in Los Angeles pointed out, if you spoke Lash and Hara, you would you would get Saras, which was a skin condition, and you actually had to go into quarantine for one week outside of the community by yourself. now one week in quarantine by yourself doesn't seem like such a big deal. But the point is, is there's a connection between what we're experiencing now and and the laws of proper speech. So I'm going to be working off of a book called Master Your Words, Master Your Life. And here we go. Let's say you work for somebody who's awful. He's just nasty and and he gets angry and he's not he's just not a good person. And your friend happens. To be friendly with him, and mentions that your boss is like a great guy. Can you tell him the truth? Can you set him straight and say actually he's not a great guy? So the halacha is, the Jewish law is that no, you cannot tell because negative true information is literally lashon hara. If it's true and negative, it's lashon hara, and you really can't say it. I remember when I was in college, when we first got to college, there was a girl who I knew from before college. And I told my roommate, you know, like something along the lines of like, you know, she's not really someone you you want to be friends with. It was it was total lush and, Hara. and I remember about a week later, my roommate said to me, you know, I would appreciate if you could let me form my own judgments about people. And it really struck me. And it was something I never forgot because it's true. Like through our words, we literally can like ruin somebody's chance at a friendship, at a relationship, at a job. We don't we don't realize the impact of our words and how they can literally taint the listener's perspective of that person forever. There's a great great quote here in this book. It says, "Before you speak, you are in charge of the word. Once you speak, it is in charge of you. You are its hostage." So, basically, whenever we are about to speak, we need to think like, "Is this something I really want to share? Is this something that's really w- really necessary to say. And there's a whole bunch of laws in, you know, in the Torah about, you know, if we have something to share for a practical purpose, when we can share it and how we can share it. It's it's not a simple thing and it's it's not something to take lightly. Okay, so today I would like to speak about Shabbos and specifically about higher consciousness and being with our inner thoughts. The Torah tells us For six days, work may be performed, but the seventh day is a day of complete rest, a holy celebration on which you should not do any work. Okay, that is the source for Shabbos. And you may be familiar with Shabbos, you may not, but basically on Shabbos, all of the things we're not allowed to do all boil down to the fact that we are not allowed to create. And that's because Shabbos is not a time for doing, it's a time for being. So it's funny, I actually spoke to somebody recently and and he said that, I was like, how is quarantine going? And he's like, you know, it's actually really peaceful. Now, some of you may be saying, what, peaceful? But, you know, if if you're home alone or if you have less work responsibilities, you're not running around as much, you're not traveling, you know, it, it could be more peaceful. And, you know, I've certainly had moments like that. That peace is a taste of Shabbos. And you may not be experiencing it in this quarantine, depending on your situation, but I'm sure you've experienced it at some at some point. On the other hand, I know at least for me right now with everything going on, I've definitely had more anxiety because it's so blatant how out of control we are. And it's so, it's scary to really confront like how out of control you are with your own life. And of course, you know, in the Torah, we know that, that God is in full control and this is really a source of comfort, but still, you know, it's hard emotionally to, to really be on that level of accepting that. And, um, so I've been looking to my phone and my computer more and more as an escape. And Shabbos has been great because it's really forced me to disconnect from technology and connect to my family and connect with myself. But, you know, confronting what's going on inside can be scary. You know, it's not always fun to like see what's going on inside, what kind of thoughts and feelings you have. So I really want to go a little deeper into this idea of sitting with your own thoughts and feelings. The teachings I'm going to share are from my Torah teacher, Rabbi Barak Gartner, And he's an author of the book Living Aligned, A-L-I-G-N-E-D, which you can find online. And he lives in Jerusalem, the holy city. And his teachings are brought down from Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, who was a famous Hasidic Rebbe a few centuries ago. Rabbi Nachman told many stories, and one of those stories was the exchange children. And the basic premise of the story is that a queen and a maidservant both gave birth to baby boys at the same time. And the midwife switched the two babies. So growing up, the prince thought he was a servant boy and the servant thought he was a prince. So the story is a much longer story and there's it's very deep and there's a lot of layers to it. But basically, it's an allegory for the two souls within us, our animal soul and our higher soul. So our animal soul, our nefesh, represents our basic desires, our ego, the part of us that's focused on survival our higher soul, our neshama is the part of us that's literally a piece of God, our moral conscious. And that's really where our true inner voice lies. So a lot of times things will happen to us and we'll have like initial thoughts and initial reactions. And a lot of times that's our nefesh, our our initial reactions, like our, you know, it's, we've developed these like coping mechanisms over time, these survival mechanisms. And so those will often kick into place, you know, right away, we'll get defensive, you know, we'll feel like victims, whatever it is, it's just our initial instinct. And the, this is an unconscious thought, we didn't intend to have this thought, it was our unconscious reaction. But the tragedy is so often we identify with the unconscious reaction. And We're not really that thought. That thought is not really us. It was just an unconscious thought that we identified with. And then it becomes our identity. So um, a lot of times we need to take a step back and and, and look at our thoughts and figure out which ones are self-serving and which ones we need to identify and empower and which thoughts are not self-serving and need to be let go. We need to know that we're children of Hashem. Literally, we are we are princes and princesses. That is who we are. We are children of the king of the world. And it's that voice, our holy neshama, our holy soul that needs to control the others. The more mature, holy voice that's in touch with our deepest inner will and knows the right thing. So it's very hard to put this into action because we have so many thoughts moving so quickly and it's, it's hard to be conscious. But one of the things that Rabbi Gartner and I talk about as I've been on this journey is it is harder to be unconscious and have to deal with all of the ramifications of that in our relationships and with ourself and our own health than working to become conscious. So I'm sharing this information with Rabbi Gartner's permission with the hope that it will, it will help you as it will, has helped me. And you know, obviously, it's a lifelong process. So Rabbi Gartner shares that we basically have to treat our thoughts like children Okay, like children, our thoughts are immature, our initial thoughts. We don't let them run our lives, but we don't ignore or fight them. Anyone with children knows that to ignore your child or to fight will only make things worse. He says we have to acknowledge our thoughts. We acknowledge them, we validate them, and we watch them. Okay, and just by acknowledging them, we are literally shedding the light of consciousness onto our. you know, initial reactions, initial unconscious thoughts, and then those initial thoughts dissolve. And then our higher thought, our higher um, notion can take the place of that. So I want to tell you a story we live in an apartment building and my my I have a little girl and she sometimes doesn't want to go play outside she wants to go play in the hall but it disturbs one of my neighbors so you know especially now during quarantine it's very hard being cooped up in an apartment and um sometimes she asks to go in the hall and not not often but sometimes and recently, you know, I let my daughter out midday, you know, on the weekend, I thought it was okay. And my neighbor was really disturbed by it. And she sent me a very strong message that under no circumstances can my daughter play in the hall ever. And this is a building that's very family friendly. There's a lot of toys in the hall. And it kind of it it really shook me up because, you know, I thought we were friends. And it just it it really hurt my feelings and I took it personally and et cetera, et cetera. So my initial unconscious thoughts were, you know, how could she, she doesn't, she doesn't understand. Doesn't she get what's going on here? You know, how could she, how could she do this to me? These were my, my unconscious initial reactions. And then eventually I realized, okay, Jenna, you're thinking unconsciously. And I started to acknowledge it. I started to say, you know, I understand why you're upset. You have reason to be upset. It's, it's hurtful. It's frustrating. And once I kind of validated my feelings and I I really acknowledged what I was thinking, I started to calm down and I was able to think more practically, okay, you know, what can I do? Can my daughter play on the hall downstairs maybe? You know, then I started becoming more practical and positive and I let go of the thoughts that were not serving me and were just making me feel frustrated, angry and like a victim. So, you can do this consciousness exercise anytime and I find that the more I practice it, the closer I get between the initial like unconscious reaction and then the the consciousness work. <laughs> you know, sometimes it'll span like an hour before I realize, "Oh my gosh, Jenna, you're you're unconscious. You're not you're not thinking." And then I acknowledge and I work through it. Um And the beauty of Shabbos is that it's a time created in space specifically for this work. And especially now with the quarantine, which is like an extended Shabbos, we're forced to be at home and we can find more opportunities to plug into the present. So that is the idea that I wanted to share today. And um, just to kind of sum up the two things that we spoke about, number one, we learned about Lashon Hara, which is a true negative statement about somebody. And we need to think very carefully before speaking Lashon Hara because it's usually unwarranted and it causes a lot of damage. Number two, we learned that Shabbos is a time of being present and of being conscious, a time where we can work on paying attention to our thoughts and we can actually draw on this idea of Shabbos throughout the week. We should recognize that not all of our voices are really us and some just need to be acknowledged and let go. Have a beautiful week and thank you so much for listening and learning with me and I hope to learn again with you soon. Good Jarvis and take care.